What a wild year it's been, Marcus. We finally made it to the grand final episode. I oh, know. What a year it's been. How good we've hit the uh, the crescendo of the of the season. It's been a wild ride, and we definitely couldn't have done it without four of our terrific sponsors. Yeah, we've got Gavos Freight Solutions. Millie and Ma. Capital Edge. And Retro Jet Prince. Without those guys, we definitely couldn't have done the things that we've done this year and had all the brilliant guests we were able to bring you. And, of course, thanks to all our supporters and fans as well. So, without further ado, sit back, relax, and look forward to our grand final extravaganza. He got a bit carried away, Brendan. That's not like Brendan to get carried away, is it? No, not at all. What a time to be alive. Steven Seagal. Disposal efficiency. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 77 of the Pressure Point podcast, our grand final show. Grand final week is here, arguably the best week of the year, in my opinion anyway, and grand final day is, is probably the best day apart from Christmas. What are your thoughts? I think it trumps quick Christmas. Trumps sure. it, okay. Yeah, it trumps Christmas. I didn't want to go that far, but you've done it. No, no, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'm, I might be sacrilegious in saying it, but it trumps <laughs> Christmas for me. I mean, it's a bit different, obviously, the last couple of years, not being able to catch up with friends and do what we'd normally do for grand final day. But I think just the spectacle of it in general, um, for me, it definitely trumps Christmas. And yeah, it's a, it's a massive day. And I can't believe we finally made it to the grand final show. How big is this? It's so good. It's so good. And a bit different as well. We're, we're in front of the camera. We're, it's, it's like we're on a TV show. It's, um, it, it, it's, it's good. We've got a big screen in front of us and we've got a lot of special guests lined up later on too. So it's, uh, it's exciting. And um, you can definitely start feeling the buzz now of grand final week. Now that we're here, we've had the week off and the Brownlow medal was, was done last night. So it's, uh, it's all happening, which is great. Absolutely it is. And I mean, for those that say that, you know, we don't listen to the fans and we, we don't listen to what the people want from Pressure Point, we do. We, we've seen the criticism saying we want both boys on camera at the same time. It's too hard to flip between the two. And you just want to see two handsome guys at the same time. Side by side. Now yeah. you can. So now it's there for your, your pleasure and your viewing. Um, check out the YouTube, that's for sure. And watch the videos because you don't get to see these kind of looks anywhere else. Exactly right. But you're right. The brown though was yeah. good last night and yeah. uh, it was on. Sorry. And we uh, we did dress up for the occasion and do, uh, dressed our part. I thought we I were there. Quite good. We did a quick trip to Perth and, and just got back this morning. So it's... um. It's been good. They didn't let Eddie in, but they let us. No, nah. oh, we're we're higher up. Well, it's the Pressure Point podcast. We're so, we're making moves. Yeah, we're making exactly. moves. Anyway, the Brownlow Medal was on last night, and um, for me, it was probably the most exciting count we've had in years. Um, you had four players polling over thirty votes. Um, it was tight all night. You didn't know who was going to win win it until the last round, and um, our very own MVP Ollie Wines took out the medal on thirty six votes, equaling Dustin Martin's. Uh, record of 36 so huge huge achievement from Ollie and um, and more importantly I'm just glad that our MVP checked out too on Brownlow not well it just goes to show that we know what we're talking about here yeah. if you're ever in doubt of the pressure point podcast look no further than it's the Brownlow medals we got Lockie Neal as well we you? did we've absolutely nailed it on the head so an absolute brilliant night like you said um, the count was thrilling and probably the first one in a little while that we didn't know who was going to win up until the last round of the, the year which was something different and I know you were extra excited because Sam Walsh was right up there with the front of the pack. And I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say unexpectedly, but he probably polled in a few games early that you might not have expected him to poll in and just set himself up for a good run. Yeah. Well, I, I, I picked him to finish second uh, before the night as, um, as we did on our Insta stories, but no, I did not expect him to get 30 votes. That was, that was huge. Um, he was spectacular really um yeah when he was polling those votes early on in the season in the games where i didn't think he would pull some votes in um i genuinely thought he was going to win it because i knew the games that were coming up after round 12 where he dominated and and he did he got all those three votes in those games and i thought holy shit he's going to win this um but 
it was just a shame that Ollie Wines and the Bonts and Clayton Oliver had just as good of a season, if not better. And it shows you're finishing, you finish fourth on 30 votes. You know, any other season, you win the Brownlow on 30 votes. So crazy. And it's crazy to think he's only 21 years old in his third season. So the Brownlow medal's only around the corner for him. He's got a, a very long career ahead of him and it's going to be a very successful one, no doubt. I think one of the best stories from the night, and it was to me personally, and we did chat about it with Andrew Embley the other night, but Ben Cousins got the invite back to the Brownlow medal. And by all accounts, I thought he looked terrific. He sounded great. He looked like he has his life back in the right direction, which I think is fantastic to see personally. I think it's good for footy to have him that way, good for the city of uh, Perth and WA as a whole because he's the Prince of Perth. Everybody loves Ben Cousins over there. And to see him turn his life around was great. And I think after the Channel 7 documentary last year where he did look still all over the place and not quite there to see him again last night, you know, with it, I guess is probably the best way to put it, um, was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it, it's it's just a great story seeing people recover like this. I know Ben Cousins, and there's, there's probably a lot of stories like that in, in, in society, but it's Ben Cousins and he's obviously a famous figure. So we get to, everyone gets to see it firsthand, really, uh, being in the public eye. So it, it is great and he was looking very healthy and, um sort of how you'd expect him to look post-career, wouldn't you? Like, Because he was always so fit during his playing days and um, it just looks like he's carried that on. A bit like uh, a bit like Kuda, where they just looked after themselves really well, which we know Cars had a few issues. Probably a bad comparison, but you know what I mean with the body top and well, everything. Yeah. If anything, it just speaks wonders for Cars, considering you know what, what he's, he's probably through. done to his body yeah. and what he's been through, that he's still in such good shape. I think he was one of the most, or has to be one of the most gifted physical specimens <laughs> i can i can think of you know for lack of better words but he's just phenomenal and yeah I, I'm, I'm just so, so stoked that he's about to turn his life around it's always good to see a feel-good story like that yeah um and while we're on the brown though um dustin martin polled the most votes for richmond of course but one man did not poll a vote and uh you gave him a lot of votes on the mvp uh, pressure point voting this seat this year so that is something where You've gotten wrong, that's for sure. And that man is Jaden Short, who did not poll one vote. I've been extremely critical of the umpires all year, and I stand by that at this point because Jaden Short was a fantastic player for the Tigers this year. I thought one of the – he was a rock down back, and sadly, backmen don't get looked after the way they should um, in the Brownlow voting. So I think he was stiff not to poll at least one vote. He did quite well in Richmond's BNF, I thought. So for him not to poll a single vote was disappointing. And I'm sorry if I ruined any multis out there. I know there was a couple that were apparently riding on short to poll the most for Richmond. I mean, it was probably a little silly not to go with Dusty, even though we missed a chunk of the season. But yeah, look, the umpires have been a shambles all year and this just proves it. And just looking at our voting from the season, Jaden Short, you gave Jaden Short five votes. Dusty actually did win the Richmond voting for us. So um, you were correct there. We probably should, you all, I don't vote, uh, sorry, I don't bet, I can't bet, but you should have uh, had a look at this cheat sheet, really. Well, I should have, but I mean, even then, I, I don't know, who knows? You know, you just don't know what the umpires yeah. are thinking. In saying that, though, I think I do know my stuff because my top three, which I did put on our socials, I was bang on the money. I got the top three spot on and a few people were quick to point that out on the social medias, how correct I was. The trifecta, that's it. And I should have put money on that. I can bet and I didn't and I'm regretting it now, but it's all right. We look forward to the the Brownlow and, and the grand final, sorry. And there's always uh, the Norm Smith medalist and other multis I can put on. So there's things I can do. I'm not, I'm not quite done for the year yet. Exactly. All right. Well, sticking on the, to the Brownlow theme and um, we caught up with uh, Brownlow medalist, Tony Libertore, the, the father of Tom Libertore, who will be playing in the grand final this weekend. And we caught up with him to get his thoughts on the, on the doggies this weekend and their chances. So, um, 
yeah, have a listen to this and, and I catch up with uh, with Tony earlier. All right, Pressure Point fans, like we mentioned earlier, we have a very, very special guest on tonight for the grand final episode and none more fitting than who I'm about to mention. We have Brownlow medalist, Bulldogs best and fairest player, Footscray Team of the Century member, and probably more importantly to Marcus and I being Italian boys, Italian Team of the Century member, <laughs> Tony Libertore. Tony, thanks for joining us. Pleasure, guys. Nice, nice to be speaking to you. Absolutely. Um, it's an absolute pleasure having you on, mate. And obviously a big week coming up. So thank you again for joining us. Did you watch the Brownlow last night? Oh, bits and pieces. I, I saw I, I saw um, just bits and pieces, yeah. And obviously towards the end you watch when it's, get, when it's getting close. So, yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, obviously the, the Brownlow is pretty, pretty special for you as well, winning it. Um, I've been a previous winner and, and going to all these events like the Brownlow medal. Run us through your experience of, of when you did win the Brownlow and, and what you know, Ollie Wines would be feeling now, I guess. Oh, look, for me, it was a bit surreal because I was um, captain of the reserves the year before and I'd only really played, it was my first full season of footy. So I'd played about um, well, 16 games in four years prior to the 1990 season. Then I got my opportunity. I didn't even get picked in the um, pre-season competition. So um, I was lucky enough, I played the last practice match and got a game and I did really well in the under-19s and reserves. I won some medals there and, um, yeah, I played... the whole year and every game was like my last game because I was that desperate to play AFL footy, but I never really got a look in because I didn't think I was good enough, but I had a pretty good year and um, held off, hurt my knee the last, missed the last three or four games and lucky enough to hold on and win it by one vote on, I think, 18 or 19 votes back then. So, um, yeah, look, I mean, Ollie would be sort of stoked. Obviously, it's a great honour, no doubt. Um, For me, I felt like it was a bit more of a reward than anything else because I'd I toured so long playing second grade footy and then I finally got my opportunity and then I thought, oh, this is pretty good. Um, and But, yeah, no, he'll be he'll be stoked because you sort of, you know, obviously go down in history as, as a past medal winner, but you don't really play footy for those reasons. You play to, to win premierships and um, that's what I much prefer that than winning a Brownlow. But in saying that, I, you know, obviously wouldn't take it back. Oh, I'd, absolutely not. Um, where, where do you keep your brown though, out of curiosity? It's a funny question we've asked a couple of people. Now, where, do you, is it somewhere special locked away or have it, yeah, where, where do you keep the brown though? Well, I'll be honest with you, just through my work, um, like I've got a first aid business and I've you know, got a lot of customers that I see from, you know, face-to-face and I actually used to give it to them and they can keep it on for a week. And I like to share it around, but at the moment it's just sitting in my safe. Um, but look, I, you know, it's something that, you know, like more people like to see it, so I'm more than happy to give to someone for a week and they grab and they go, oh, if I lose this, I'm in big trouble. But, um, yeah, look, it's more for them because you know, I think a lot of people just see it and they go, geez, it's so small. And, um, yeah, but it's it's um, I generally keep it in my safe, but I sometimes pass it on to, to friends and work people that um, that I trust and I take I get it back off them after a week or whatever. So, yeah. I think that's the best way to be, share it around a little bit. I remember I once had one of the um, the replica ones and I thought, geez, this is incredible. <laughs> and then I realized it was a replica. I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> Felt a bit silly there. But yeah. like we said, we're talking about premierships and you said they're obviously one of the most important things in a player's career. And the dogs have a big chance again this Saturday. Yep. Almost, I don't want to say underdogs because they were top two most of the season, but probably the last couple of rounds, they dipped a little bit. And now they've just proven the footy world wrong and fired back in finals. What, what chances are we giving the doggies on Saturday? I think we've got a great chance. I mean, yes, we will be underdogs again, like 2016. And there's so many similarities to that year. And 
Um, I, I think we've got a great chance. And the way we move the ball so quickly, uh, speed of hand or foot, but how the ball gets moved so quickly and how precise we are if they're kicking, I think gives us a great advantage. I mean, obviously, they've got a great midfielder and they've got a great captain in Max Gorn. And, you know, they've got lots of strengths and so have we. And um, it's going to be a really good game. Yeah, for sure. I think it's one of the more anticipated grand finals. That's for sure. It's just a shame that it's not not in Melbourne, but um, it's going to be great nonetheless. But I think there's even um, last week there's been some comparisons between 2016 and this and this season. Which one would be better? I think this season might be better. But for you, how how would it compare to 2016? Obviously, that was unbelievable, the drought breaking one. But do you feel like this one could be be better if they do get up? Oh, it'd be amazing. I mean, the amount of travel that they've done from, you know, state to state to state to state. So it'd be fantastic. I sort of look at the players individually and I think for the group of players, we actually, they've got better better individual players, I think, across the board compared to 2016 and, and Melbourne probably got the same. But I, look, I honestly think we're in for an enormous chance and the way we're playing, I, I give ourselves a really good chance and I'm glad we're going in as underdogs because... You know, hopefully we'll prove the football world wrong again that that we're going to come out winners. Well, you did it last week against, or the week before against Adelaide, I should say. You went over there and just what you, the way the Bulldogs performed was unbelievable. I don't think anybody expected the performance that we saw. And moving on to the next one, we we had uh, Andrew Wembley on last night for another episode, and he was talking about presenting the Norm Smith Medal this Saturday. And we wanted to ask you, who do you think uh, would will take the Norm Smith Medal this week? Do you reckon Tom's a sneaky chance? Yes, he is actually because he, he, he plays such a pivotal role to the side and I think him and Bonham Pelly McRae, I mean, generally they'll always be a midfielder if we win and generally will go to a, to a side that's won the game. But um, it'd be great if he could win one. But um, I think more importantly, it's all about winning the, the game and a premiership would be amazing for the, uh, for the Bulldogs. Do you think if the Doggies do get up this weekend, Tom will celebrate as hard as he did in 2016 and go to Vietnam again if he's okay. able to? No, I don't think so. He's, he's, he's five years on. He's, he's got a couple of kids now. And so he's a little bit um, mellowed a lot, a hell of a lot. And um, he's a great father for his for his kids, um, Lotus and Oscar. And um, he adores them and he spends a hell of a lot of time with them. So I think that'll be after this, the little celebrations. I think that he'll be keen to get back and see them. And his bulldog, which I'm looking after at the moment as well, Earl. <laughs> I, hear, I hear the bulldog is actually the son of the mascot. Is that true? Or the son or daughter of the mascot? I, uh, I know there may be a relation somewhere along the line. Might be a bloodline. I'm not too sure if it's the son of the mascot, but he's uh, he's asleep on my couch. I'm just looking at him now, and um, I've spoiled him rotten because last year they were in Brisbane, so I had um, I had him as well. So he's sort of like my pet now. So he loves me, but um, um, Tom misses him greatly, no doubt. These bulldogs must be a bit like us Italians. They're just all related one way or another. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you mentioned at the start that you've, you've got a business. Um, tell us a bit about what, you, what you're up to at the moment. Yeah, look, I've got a first aid business. I've been doing it for about 10 years and I basically restock first aid kits um, and defibrillators. I sell defibrillators as well. Um, once someone's bought a first aid kit off me, whether it's a, um, generally it's, um, you know, whether it's construction, um, logistics, engineering, manufacturing, um, where there's a fair few people working on at warehouses and what have you. Um, so what I do is I generally go out on there on, on a quarterly basis and, and do an order on the first aid kits and replenish things like band-aids and eye wash and wipes and ice packs and um, and the defibrillators are really important too. I, I generally I don't do I don't actually do courses in them, but I do 
train people up on defibrillators. I, I do defibrillators, but not first aid courses as such, but it's more um, more restocking the first aid kits and, and making sure that they're up to speed. And I go out there on a, because once someone's bought one, they generally forget about them after a while. And um, so especially on organisations when there's, you know, 20 plus people, 50, 100 plus people, I just do an order on it and restock the first aid kits. Beautiful. I think it's a really important thing to keep those first aid kits up to date because you'd be surprised when you need one. So we'll be uh, we'll be putting the, the link to that website in our bio <laughs> for this thing so everyone can jump on board and have a look. But Tony, Thanks. it's been short and sharp, mate, but we really appreciate you jumping on and chatting everything grand final with us. It's a big week, I know, for you and the Bulldogs as a, as a whole. And I think we're right behind the Bulldogs this year. It's, it's a tough one for us to pick as mutual supporters, but the doggies are... Uh, they're an inspirational story from what we've seen the last few weeks. And we wish um, the Bulldogs and especially your son all the best. Thanks, guys. And good luck with your show. Thanks very much, Lib. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Tony. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Jeez, how good was that? Very Tony good. Liberatore, Liber, very, very Italian good. team of the century member. Yeah, that, more importantly, I reckon we should have started with that. We probably should. Well, I saved the best to last, I think, when I went through the, the list of yeah, yeah. achievements that he's, uh, he's reeled off. And the Brownlow medal I had as first, and that just shows the importance of the Italian team of the century to us. So, no, it was absolutely fantastic to get Liber on, especially with his insight having Tom playing this weekend and, you know, him not quite getting there himself as a player. was um, That was really interesting. Yeah, and it's good to hear Tom's... Uh, Matured a little bit since uh, 2016. He's got a couple of kids now and um, not doing Vietnam trips post-grand final. So. Well, I don't know if that is a good thing or not. I would have loved <laughs> to have seen the priest-cut comeback, Vietnam playing footy. I mean, look, Vietnam probably can't happen because of COVID anyway at the moment, but who knows? He's double-vaxxed. Vietnam might let people in. Australia <laughs> might let people out. Who knows? It could have happened. But no, no, in all seriousness, it is good to see he's matured and he's got a family and he's a, he's a happy man, although I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd still be pretty stoked to see him with the buzz cut again. Oh, absolutely. The priest-cut, sorry. It would have been great to see. Um, but yeah, the big game is on this weekend. That is between Melbourne and the bot and Melbourne and the Bull- Melbourne and the Bond. I was going to say the, the boggies, <laughs> the boggies. Melbourne and the doggies. Uh, Saturday night or Saturday at twilight. If you're in Perth, um, yeah, it's going to be a, a ripping grand final. We've had the week off now. It's sort of uh, flattened it a little bit, but as we said earlier, I think now that it's uh, the start of grand final week, you can sort of feel the excitement in the air again. Oh, 100% you can, and I think it's just. Brownlow really kicked it off nicely. And I think the next couple of days are really going to start to roll in. And I'm telling you now, if I could sell a lung to get over there, I reckon I would. Yeah. It's uh, going to be a really exciting game. It's a shame we can't watch it with friends and family, like I said earlier. But the grand final week is really starting to build up now. Um, all the footy show, like the front bar and all those types of shows are having their grand final specials. And it's starting to feel a lot more real now. It's all starting to buzz. And yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah, it, it's so exciting. I mean, I've, I personally haven't experienced, I mean, I did experience my team in it in 1999, but I was only six or seven years old. So I don't really have a lot of memory of it, but um, I'll still get so excited for grand final week and day. And I can't imagine what it'll be like when my team gets there, um, whether that's in a few years or when I'm in a wheelchair. So um, we'll soon find out, but uh, no, it's it's always exciting. And um, I mean, you've had some really good experiences with it over the last few years. Absolutely. I think I've actually probably had, well, I'm not the best experience. Well, the, some of the best experiences in the sense that I've had two years where I was able to attend the games, have the proper build up with the um, the grand final parade and everything's gone on through Melbourne. And then I had last year, obviously, the COVID game, which is going to be similar to this year. So I can sort of see where Melbourne and Bulldog supporters are coming from this week. I think the biggest thing with grand final week is, even if it is your first, just to really appreciate it and soak the week in. When, I mean, we haven't lost one for touch wood, but even if you lose, I think it's just, the week is unlike any other and the buildup is crazy. I remember going down Swan Street and Punt Road and 
every shot window had a tiger coming out of it. It was just, it was unbelievable. And you don't get that feeling any other time of the year. So I think the biggest thing for Melbourne and Bulldogs fans this year is just to really soak it up and, you know, make the most of the week, even if it's not the, not the result you want at the end of the year, uh, um, you know, so be it, but just really yeah, make the most of this week. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be great. Uh, very excited for it. And these two teams as well, they are, uh, they had some massive prelim wins and they've got stars all over the ground, especially in their midfield. I think it's going to be one and lost through there. Um, obviously got Max Gorn who dominated last week in the ruck for the D's and they've got Petrarca, Oliver, Viney. Um, you know, they've got Salem running through there as well. They've got a star started team. Um, and then you look at the Bulldogs who've, um, you know, they've got Tim English in the ruck. Then you've got Bonson, Pally, Trelaw, Bailey Smith, Liberatore. It's uh it's scary and it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be one or loss through there, I reckon. hundred percent it is, hundred percent. I mean, I can't really see I mean I can, but I, I can't really see any other part of the ground winning the game or losing the game for either side. It's definitely gonna be throughout that midfield with all the guns that are running through it. And um, like I said, I think I'll be uh, I'll be supporting Liber pretty heavily this week after having his old man on the show, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I hope he wins the Norm Smith just for just for Liber. I think he Tony did say he was uh is a sneaky chance for it, so it'd be good to see him get up. He said he was a good chance. He yeah. was very confident in his boy, which I mean, well, he's, he's, so he should he's as had a dad, great season. Hundred percent, he has probably underappreciated. Did you see yeah. last night when he got his first vote for the for the year? And yeah. it was, everyone was like, "How did it take this long?" Yeah. Like he'd been a gun all year. So, um, he's every every chance to win the Norm Smith. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, should we get to the the passionate Melbourne fans that we spoke to earlier absolutely yeah. we should we should cut across because this is some quality content especially yeah. for melbourne supporters so have a listen to the chat that we had with uh a couple of melbourne supporters uh down in melbourne um to get their thoughts on this weekend's game all right we are joined by some very special <laughs> melbourne fans we've got frank costantino fraser inglis and tristan potts lads welcome thanks for having us cheers for having us boys pumped Absolutely pumped. You, you all look pumped. I love the merge. What have you got there in the background, Frank and Fraser? Uh, got a uh, vintage Melbourne rug with the old school emblem on there. Probably circa 1990s of some sort. But uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it is brilliant. I've been hanging it from the balcony the last week. That would, that would have to be one of the better Melbourne logos, wouldn't you think? It's a great logo. Unreal, isn't it? That's yeah. That's I think all the I think all the '90s logos are probably prime AFL logos. I reckon they're the better ones. Yeah, we should redeem them. We've gone more Melbourne business. Ah, very good. Love it. All right. Well, uh, obviously it's the big the big dance this weekend. We'll uh, we've got you on for that. And I know Frank and Fraser, you've been very patient uh, trying to get on this podcast. I know I spoke to you a while ago, Fraser. You wanted to jump on, so. But uh, we'll, we'll start with you, Potsy. Obviously, you've been away for the last couple of years, so you haven't seen a lot of the Ds, and you've come back at a good time, even though you haven't been able to go to the games. But give us your thoughts and feelings this weekend, and and how's your nerves now that Grand Final Week is officially here? Um, yeah, well, it's been it's been a, the first week's been pretty much mainly excitement, but I have been watching a lot of the Ds, mate. Been getting up at three a.m. Um, in Canada and watching it prime time. But it's, uh, it's been a good journey. Um, we won 10 in a row or nine, was it nine in a row to start the season, which was outstanding. And just watching the way they play and their structures, it just gives us a lot of confidence going into this week. So pretty pumped. Uh, this week should go hopefully pretty quickly as we wind in closer to Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. What about you boys, Frank and Fraser? Uh, yeah, look. We, we, we got to go to a few games, didn't we? 
Um, and then when it started, the, the role started to happen, we were like, fuck, you know, what is going on? So after about nine, maybe 10 or 11 rounds in, we decided to upgrade the membership and we're like, <laughs> let's go. Like, we're a chance here. We got ourselves reserve seats and the grand final ticket guarantee and people laughed, people laughed <laughs> as, as you would. Cause I definitely did. Crazy to think that, you know, you're a chance of making the granny, but fuck. I mean, it paid off and then it didn't. So, yeah. No, def- hey, you go, Fraser, sorry. Yeah, just in my, my, my brief time in the, the AFL, my AFL history has only been since 2019. Um, and just each week being able to go with the boys, like, and especially like the, the, the lockdown has kind of like allowed me to be more invested in it because um, I've, like, I've been watching every game. Um, like in 2019, I could barely tell you any of the rules, any of the players, but Sauces says I'm a full-blown nappy now. So, <laughs> Well, Marcus has told me a little bit about your story. I want you to touch on it just a little bit for us all. Obviously, like you said, before 2019, you didn't really know much about the days, but where did your, your Melbourne journey begin and how did you jump on board with the days? Because obviously you're one of the luckier Melbourne supporters. It hasn't exactly yeah. been all the same heartbreak that some of the other boys have, but where did your Melbourne journey begin? Um, I'd say it began when I first met Frank when I was traveling in, in Southeast Asia. We met in Laos. Um, and actually, when I met him, he was watching a Melbourne game. And I didn't have a clue what he was watching or anything like that. Um, and he just, I said to him, I was like, I'm thinking about going to Australia at the end of my travels, maybe like a year's time. He was like, if you do, come to Melbourne. I was like, right, I'll, 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 I'll think about it. And then I went to Vietnam. And I was like, all right, I'm going to, go to, I'm going to go to Australia. I texted him and he's like, come to Melbourne. Came to Melbourne, couldn't get a job anywhere, couldn't get a job in the bar. I went, Frank, I need a job. And he's like, no stress, I'll sort you out, I'll get you a job where I work. So I ended up working where he worked. And then he was like, come out with the boys on the weekend. We'll, we'll go watch the footy. We went and watched Saints Melbourne, Melbourne Saints yeah, for, his, for, for him and Richo's birthday. And it was just sensational. It was like, must have been like 15, 20 of us, just like from the from the terrace and from the stands, like not really watching the game, but the atmosphere is just different to anything I've watched in sport. Like growing up with like football in England, it's like very aggressive, like watching it. And it's like home and away. And yeah, it's very different. But like watching the footy here, it's just like, it's a really nice like culture, nice buzz around the game. Like everyone is gets stuck into one another, but they're not like, fuck, I'm going to rip your guts out in the next second. Well, maybe sometimes they are, but I haven't really seen that. Um, and yeah, and even like the first year we came second last, what, like the 2019 season. So that was pretty shit. But for me, it was just good to get out and watch this every week because that's how I've met like my, my friendship group now. And then the next year we obviously came ninth and we were still pretty bang average. And then this year's just been unreal. Like the, the, the group of players just look like they just love playing with one another. And they, just seem, and they just seem like genuinely good blokes. Yeah, and you, you can see that. You can see, um, I think it was a few weeks ago after the game, Petrarca was almost in tears, or he was in tears, I should say, crying after the game. But um, it was something quite phenomenal. And I'll go back down to you, Potsy, now. And what, what do you say your highlights of this season are, as this season would be for the, of the days? There's obviously been quite a few, but what would you say your biggest highlights of the season have been? Um, plenty of highlights. Um, you can pretty much go from round four onwards. Four in a row, five in a row, six in a row, seven in a row. We never thought would happen. 
and we just kept ticking them along. It was, it was quite, quite incredible. But, you know, as, as you, we've all heard in the media, we're sort of just holding our breaths because all we want is final success. So just patiently waiting still. But um, you can't go past that last game with Max Gorn kicking it after the siren and just all the emotions boiling over was just incredible. So definitely have to go with the last game, I think. Yeah. What about you, Frank? Uh, for me, it's just the consistency. Being a Melbourne supporter, it's like you're just waiting for them to just fuck it up and you're just like, <laughs> is it coming? Is it coming? It's eight in a row. It's nine in a row. It's like, oh, here we go. It's coming. It's, it's coming. Silly. And we had a little dip and then we're like, oh, here we go. We're going to stuff it up now. And then bang, like we just proved everyone wrong and just game after game, just so consistent across the board. I think everyone's had just an absolute breakout year for us. So, yeah, it's hard not to be um, unhappy. Sure. Fraser? I feel, I feel like the games this year have been as stressful as the, the, like, the couple of years before for me. Like, because we, we kind of always look like we, we might lose, but but we're so sure, you know, like we don't, we're not going to go out and fucking spank a team by 100 points every game. Like, I think we've, we've done that like once this year, but we'll go toe to toe with the side for three quarters and then we'll just edge them out in the last quarter every time. And, and we, we almost know in ourselves that we're going to do that. And like, I just, there's so much confidence in, in our back line. Like, no one's getting a sniff past Lever and May. And then we've even got like, Tomlinson went out early in the season and we thought, fuck, we're in trouble here. And then Petty's come absolutely out of nowhere. And he's, he's as strong as May and Lever now in that, in that back line. Yep, absolutely. Now they're, they're all great. Yeah, makes me so jealous just hearing what you guys are talking about. It gives me a lot of hope being a Carlton supporter, that's for sure. Um, what about your most improved and your, your biggest surprise packet for this season? There's obviously going to be a fair few. I'll start with you, Potts. Who's been your surprise packet? Surprise packet? That's a tough one. Um, we've seen the potential in all the boys for so long, so it's hard to say. I mean, we could easily hype up your own players, no? Yeah, but I think the biggest win for me was seeing Harry Petty come in. Uh, when Tomlinson went down, we just need another role player. But he's come in and held his own. He's been intercept marking. He's he's pretty critical to that back line now. We don't really need to, like Fraser said, rely on just Lever or May. You know, you see Petty come in and intercept and, and just play his role and, and dominate. So Harry Petty, he's definitely stood up and impressed me. He's someone we didn't really see too much of the few the past following years. So probably go with Harry Petty. It's also been good to see consistency out of our small forwards as well, like Neil Bullen, Cozzy, and Spargo. So, yeah, go with those. Yeah. Well, you guys, Frank? Uh, For me, I'm going to go with Luke Jackson. You look at, like, a second-year Ruckman, or I think Chris Chris Rowe said, you you expect them to be, like, a five-year, like, project player, like, to have no impact, being, like, a small frame-ish when he started. Like, he's still a big boy. But this year, he's one, he's one of our best. Like, he's absolute pivotal to our success next Saturday. Like, we need him. He's just a perfect combination with Gorney. And uh, he's, he's edged someone like Sam Weedman out of the side. Outrageous. And it's, it's hard to believe that he's only, like, 19, 20 years old. So, I think he's a yeah. huge surprise packet. But, but Weedman's still had a day out against Carlton. So. Yeah, I was just about to say, <laughs> you love Weedman. You love the Weedman <laughs> chant or whatever it is. 
<laughs> oh no! <laughs> so who's been your surprise packer then, Fraser? It's got to be Fritch. Yeah, I think. I think early doors, like we we've been gagging for a, a tall forward to come in and kick all our goals, and it just didn't happen. Like T Mac turned up, but no one was really because obviously Ben Brown was injured at the start of the year, and Weedman wasn't really firing when he came in. But Bailey Fritch just kind of. Kept, kept us level at Holden. Like I said, we never blew a team out of the water, but we obviously kick enough goals to win the game. And it was kind of, if, if Fritch didn't score them, then I don't know where else they were really coming from at the start of the season. But yeah, Fritch has been unreal, like especially for his, his role. And he, he seems very understated. Like he's not like big in the media, not really big with the fans either, but he's always, kick, like kicked seven the other week. Very underrated. He kicked seven in the week and didn't get three votes. Outrageous. Outrageous. Yeah, the, the voting was bizarre. Yeah, some of the voting last night was a little bit bizarre to me. I think Jack McCray had two games with like 40 disposals and didn't get a single vote for those either. So I don't know what was Yeah, I don't know, don't know what was going on there. But um we got the Norm Smith as well award, which is obviously going to be awarded at the end of the game, and usually it goes to a player in the winning side. And let's just presume that Melbourne will win. Who do you boys think is going to come away with the Norm Smith medal? I know the obvious ones would be your Petrarchas or your Clayton Oliver or even Gorn, but you guys have got so many stars on your side that could honestly, you know, have a massive performance like a Bailey Fritch and just take it away. So, Potsy, I'll let you go first. Who do you reckon is most likely for Norm Smith? Um, yeah, like you said, it's, it's probably out of two or three that, you know, you're most likely to see winning it. If I was going to put my money on anyone, I'd probably go with Clary. He's just a beast when we need him to be. But, you know, it could go either way with Clary, Petrarca, or even Viney. He's just come finals. He's an absolute beast as well. He's so important to our midfield. But, um, yeah, maybe as a smoky, you could see it could go the other way. They could swing it around to a defender if Lever just goes sick and just chops them off. I'd love to see that. Um, but, yeah, could be in any one of those. We'd love to see Cosney just absolutely yeah. tear it up, wouldn't we? Oh, yeah. Just get the bag and just dominate. I think he's got the, uh, the absolute potential to as well because mm. he's just such an excitement machine. And we've seen blokes like that win Norm Smith before. So I reckon he's definitely every chance. What about you, Frank and Rose? Mm, I think, I think Cozzy for me, 100% Cozzy. I'd love to see him get it. You see, you see when, he, when he drops a shoulder in the first 30 seconds of the game, he's on. And he looks hot. And he, he just he's just one of those small forwards that just picks up anything from anywhere. So I'd love to see him get it. He wouldn't yeah. say much in the interview. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't mind him getting it. For me, Smokey, I'd probably go with Christian Salem off half back. If if he gets a hold of the pill, I just love the way he uses the footy. And I think if he's rebounding off that half back line, it's been done before by half back. So he's a chance for sure. Yeah. I think just stars all, all across that team when you think about it, isn't there? Like oh. anyway, any of those those blokes can can easily win it. So it's going to be great. 100%. It's crazy how many um, blokes you actually have the ability to win that. And we obviously condone gambling responsibly here, but we were having a look at the odds before. And someone like a Jack Viney is still paying $21 to win the Norm Smith. So you look at someone like that, if you were to think of Christian Salem, I reckon he'd be almost up in the 30s to win it. So it's just, it's bizarre to be honest with how much guys have been playing. So. Yeah. yeah, gamble responsibly. Yeah, gamble responsibly, of course. But if you want to have a look at the odds, they're on sports bet. So. <laughs> All right. Um, we presume Melbourne are going to win. What? How much are they winning by? Pots. Um, <laughs> crazy question, mate. Um, let's go. Hopefully not close. I don't think I could deal with a close game, honestly. 
<laughs> give us six goals. It would be too much. Quarter time. Six oh, goals up and just stays right. that way. I'll be sick. No <laughs> heart attacks. What about you, boys? Mm. No, uh, 19 points. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> An uncomfortable 19. An uncomfortable yeah. 19. Yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> they're, they're always a sniff, but just we just edge them out. <laughs> oh, I don't want it to be a, a nail biter, but at the same time, <laughs> if we win a nail biter, geez, yeah. that would be memorable. Crazy. Crazy. I've, I've never had a feeling like I have when Gorney kicked off the siren the last, uh, against Geelong. Oh, that yeah. was actually insane. Imagine that happens again. I think I think in a grand final that's that's too much. I don't know. I don't know if I could I personally handle been, a close margin. Goal after the siren. I don't think it has been done in a grand final. No, not not that I know of. I think do you, do you reckon teams come out more cagey in a in a grand final? Oh, for sure. You'd think so. You'd have to think so. You, I mean you, you look at the two prelims where Melbourne and Melbourne absolutely spanked them, doggies absolutely spanked Paul. They, really, they didn't really come out and challenge it from minute one, did they? I don't know, but the av- I've heard a stat the other day. The average losing margin in a grand final for like the past 10 years is like 38 points or something. Shit. Mm. Sorry. I think my Tigers might have a bit to do with that, with the, yeah, the, 80, the 82 the point margin we had yeah. a couple of years ago. So it does blow out. It doesn't matter who. It's just got to come to play, I guess. But Yeah, exactly. Well, I reckon it's going to be a great game. What are, what are you thinking? I'm thinking a D's. I reckon D's by a goal. I'm, I'm as a mutual supporter. I really want to see a close game. I know, as you know, you guys wouldn't be thinking that at all, but I want the closest game we could possibly get. And I know we said to Libba when he was on that you know we're sort of edging towards the doggies, but that's because Libba was on. But I think if we're being realistic, <laughs> I think we're saying that the D's. Are, let's hope Libba's not listening. Yeah, to let's this hope Libba doesn't yeah. actually listen to the podcast. But I think I reckon the D's will get it done. They just I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I think they're giving me a little bit of Richmond 2017 vibes where everything is just going perfect for the Ds mm. at the moment. No injuries. Everyone's firing at the right time. It's just, I think the fairy tale is going to be written on Saturday. Yeah. Well, let's fucking hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right, lads. Well, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure having you guys on and uh, all the best this weekend and hope the Ds get up and I'll uh, absolutely try joining the celebrations with you. That's for sure. Absolutely. Cheers, boys. Let's go, right. Ds. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, Thanks, boys. See you later. How good is that? Absolute legends. That's passion for you. That's absolute passion. Let me tell you, Fraser was surprising me, surprised me personally. I thought, you know, for someone that's so new to the game, so knowledgeable, especially about normal, maybe not the past, as we mentioned earlier, but definitely with what's happening at the moment, he's all over it. And um, I'm just stoked for all three of those boys just to see, you know, for them to see the passion that they're feeling at the moment with their team in the grand final. Yeah, it is, it is great to see. I've obviously, I've known Potsy and Frank, for a very long time, and um, I've seen the the hard times that they've gone through, very similar to what um, Carlton is at the moment and what Carlton has been for a long time. So to see them and um, see them come out of it and, and now experience the good times and, and be in a grand final is crazy. I never would have expected that. I just remember them always um, being down about the Ds and never having any faith and um, completely giving up on them. So to see that is uh, it's crazy. I'm, I'm very happy for them. Um, and then Fraser, yeah, he's only been here, you know, not even three years and the passion that he has for the club is, is crazy. He didn't even know what the game was three years ago. So, um, no, they're all great mates of mine and I do hope they get up um, for them. Um, it's going to be uh, one wild, wild weekend, that's for sure, if they do get up. Jeez, it's, uh, I won't want to be anywhere near the, their <laughs> suburb if uh, they get up this weekend, that's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be crazy, but no, nah, 
considering where that yeah where that club's been through and what those boys have been through, um, I'd love to see the D's get up. And um, I guess that leads us on to, our, on to our tips for the weekend too, doesn't it? It does. It does. It's the uh, the hard decisions and the hard choices for this week, but we're going to make them. That's what we do here on the podcast. Yeah. So who are you? Uh, what, what do you give us your premier and Norm Smith? It's tough. I've been trying to th- think all, all week who I want to win um, and who I think will win. And I think they're d- different. Obviously, I want Melbourne to win for the fairy tale. You know, it's been so many years. Um, they've been deprived of success for so long. But I've just always had a soft spot for the doggies for some reason. And I know they won it in 2016, and that was unbelievable. But I don't know. It's it's real hard for me to pick these two teams apart. I think if I have to choose a winner, it's going to be Melbourne just. I think it's going to be really tight. Like I told the boys, I think it'll be a really tight game. And Norm Smith, I think Tim Watson said this on SCN today, but I'm going to go with Jack Viney. If you look at his final series that he's had so far, he's been – Probably underappreciated when, you know, you compare him to Petrarca, Oliver and Gorn, but he's been phenomenal for the days. And I reckon he's a very sneaky chance at uh, claiming the Norm Smith this week. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Mine's pretty similar. I'm going to go Melbourne by six points. Um, and I think Christian Petrarca for the Norm Smith. I know it's a not a different selection. It's He's probably the favourite. Um, but I just, I feel like if Melbourne win, Petrarca kicks a couple of goals and they're usually really good goals as well. He stands out when he plays. Um, he's a big game player. And I think if Melbourne win, Petrarca has a good game. It's hard not to give him the Norm Smith, to be honest. It's hard to look past Petrarca. Like you said, it's the goal kicking that does yeah. it for him. I think, I mean, you look at the past you know, Norm Smith medal winners, they're all goal. They will kick goals. I mean, like Dusty. I mean, Dusty's won yeah. the last two, but yeah, he, he kicked four in both games. So, I mean, it's Petrarca is that, that type of player. He's that bull in the midfield and he scores. So yeah. I can hundred percent see why you've gone with Petrarca there. And I know it's going to be one of the popular choices, but for good reason. Yeah. I just, I'd love to choose someone different, but I just feel like if Melbourne win, Petrarca is going to have a good game or he has to have a good game. And um, he just stands out just with his physique and the way he plays as well. So I think Melbourne by goal and Petrarca to win the Norm Smith. So it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great day. It's going to so. be massive. It's going to be massive. It's um, the build-up's been big. It's been two weeks um, since the prelims. So unusual time, but yeah, it's going to be um, phenomenal. And I'm just can't, can't express how excited I am. I'm, I'm lost for words. It's grand final week. I'm stoked. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. All right. Well, that is pretty much us done for this episode. Um, our grand final special. It's been, it's been fun. Definitely. The most enjoyable episode, I reckon. Well, our, our regular Monday night episode all, all year, I reckon. Oh, by far. By good. a long shot. We had the boys on. We had Tony Liberatore. Libba, I mean, you know, says, yeah. says itself. So, yeah, it's been fantastic. It's been great. Uh, but, yeah, as I say, every week, make sure you leave us a review. Subscribe to us on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Review us. They're very important. It helps us keep the show going and um, helps get the show out there. So keep them coming through and enjoy Grand Final Week. Have a great grand final day and uh, hope if you go for the doggies or the Ds, I hope one of them gets up for you.